Welcome to the Sharpening Strength Podcast, a show designed by men for men looking to get strong, feel confident, and live a high-performing life. Every week, we will have a featured guest who will share valuable information and experience to give you actionable strategies you can apply to level up your life, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. We will draw on our guest's knowledge and experience, but more importantly, we'll discuss how this applies to the common challenges and struggles of being a man in today's world. Our goal is to not only build strong men physically, but to help coach and develop strong friends, sons, brothers, fathers, business owners, and professionals in every area of your life. I'm your host, Dr. Dave Pachkowski, proud husband, business owner, physical therapist, and strength coach with a passion for helping other men level up their lives. Wherever you're at in your journey, I'm excited to have you here with us today. Now let's dive into today's episode of the Sharpening Strength Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to episode one of the Sharpening Strength Podcast. So excited to have you guys here and so excited for what's in store for us today. Just got done recording this episode with Dave Keys, and it is full of good information. You guys are going to take away some actionable things that you guys can take with you, some very practical things to help you level up your fitness and reach your goals. So we talk about expert accountability and sustainability in training and in health. We talk about how playing the long game and making small changes that compound and add up over time is the secret to achieving long-lasting results. Some of the things we cover here today, among many, are what sustainable training means and what it is not, and how it is not just beating yourself up and pushing the red line day in and day out. We talk about sustainability and achieving results in other areas of your life, including nutrition, stress sleep, mindset, motivation, and accountability. And we also talk about how to ask the right questions to make sure that you're on the right path and achieving your goals. So, so many people don't know how to ask the right questions, don't have the accountability to ask the right questions, and then they're not sure when to push forward, when to pivot. And that leads to people jumping from the next best thing to the next best thing to the next best thing and creates a cycle of quick results, and then a crash that's not sustainable. So we're trying to flip that script, reverse it, and show how these simple changes make huge results over time. We get clients reaching out to us time and time again. They've tried dozens of programs. They've tried different nutrition styles. They've tried all these things, but they haven't been able to stick to it. And we unfold why that is, some of the underlying things, both from a physical standpoint, as well as from a mental and mindset standpoint. So I'm excited for you guys to hear this. Our guest, Dave Keys, is the one joining us today, and he is full of knowledge and passion. Dave's passion for health and fitness drove him to compete in several bodybuilding competitions and to get his kinesiology degree from Eastern Illinois University. He experienced the transformative power of health and fitness firsthand, and he knew he could help others transform their lives as well. Dave had the privilege to work for a boutique studio in Chicago, where regular clients included Diane Sawyer, Hugh Jackman, and some of the most high-powered corporate executives in the country. After working there several years, he was able to continue to refine his experience at Chicago's first integrated medical facility, where doctors, dietitians, physical therapists, and fitness coaches work side-by-side to provide the highest level of service in order to care and deliver results for their members. From there, he launched his own health and wellness transformation company, Icon, with the goal of helping as many people as possible. He trains and provides health and fitness coaching through one-on-one personal training and online training. Guys, this is full of awesome info. Let's dive into today's episode here. Dave, welcome to the Sharpening Strength Podcast. Stoked to have you on here. Thanks for coming on for today's episode. I want to kick things off by just having you give listeners an overview of your journey and how Icon came to be. Yeah, totally. So great to be here, especially under the COVID times. Basically, how Icon started was about me how I first got into, we'll say, kind of fitness. And really, it was about bodybuilding. It was about getting a strong physique. You know, I remember as a kid, you know, being being called names, right? I remember, uh, you know, I don't look like everyone else. I'm half Asian. So I remember being picked on for that. I was like, you know what? I don't like that one bit, you know? And so it made you feel rejected. It made me feel a little like an outsider. But at the same time, so how I dealt with that before was I would just talk back to people, right? So I got a really uh, witty and we'll say a weapon as a mouth, right? Which was, you know, how I defended myself. 
But at the same time, once I got into training, I love the fact that, you know what, I could get strong and powerful in this way and then never have to be in a situation where that would, where I'd have to feel that way. So kind of funny how that works out. That was kind of initially some of the path to get me to want to, uh, I guess we'll say get strong and bigger, but then I just really fell in love with it. Right. And so that kind of happened. And then I go, you know what, it'd be fantastic to be a personal trainer for a living. And so this was going into college. And I still love the weight room. People are always asking for advice. You know, I trained a couple people here and there in college. And then kind of my, we'll say kind of mindset will change a little bit. And I go, you know, what? I want something harder. And so then I just kind of decided to pick up pre-med as an option. But that really wasn't uh, kind of the path for me, which I found out after I graduated. And then I ended up, yeah, kind of, I'm like, man, well, what should I do? I'm like, well, I still love training. I was doing a little bit on the side. And then I basically called an old, an old, one of my old bosses and he brought me on and the rest is history. And then I basically kind of started out at a boutique firm, got a bunch of experience, met a ton of people. After that, went to a kind of a startup, which they had a kind of medical PTs. They had dietitians and a fitness staff under one floor. And so that was, that was part of me. I was one of the, the fitness staff members. And then I was there, but at the same time, I still had this kind of desire to kind of still integrate kind of my nutrition and my lifestyle and my mindset into kind of sessions. But under the roof of this past organization, you know, I couldn't do that. So I just knew at some point I um, had to go off on my own. And that's when um, I started Icon. That's so cool. And how did, so you went from boutique to the more medical side of things. And now with Icon, how did the roles kind of evolve from, I mean, because personal trainer means a lot of things to a lot of people. How did your role evolve from those different positions and those paths? Yeah. I mean, when you first start out, you're kind of like the jack of all trades, right? So, I mean, this client comes to you and they go like, hey, help me with my like strength. Help me like get out of pain. If I, if I got shoulder issues, here's, here's my nutrition. Here, this is what I ate for lunch. Uh, I want to lose 20 pounds. Help. You know, you're like, okay, well, crap, I, I need to know about nutrition, right? Because nutrition and training is like peanut butter and jelly, right? So I've got that component now. Right? So I've got to really make sure I'm doing my homework. I'm testing things on myself so I can kind of coach people, right? And then I've got the training aspect. And a lot of times when you're dealing with, uh, like, we'll say a general population or older clientele, kind of middle-aged sedentary people, they've got so many different issues, right? Previous injury. Right. Uh, they, they got this lifestyle that they, uh, it's more sedentary. It's more, um, high stress. Right. So they hold more tension places like the neck. Right. So you're always postures changing. So there's a lot more to think about than just pumping out workouts. Right. So some of my mentality with me, me, me being my twenties when I started, I go, I could just pretty much do whatever. So it was such a different, we'll say, uh, way to go about training. And then always kind of, if I could push to a 10, well, I, I'm sticking around an eight. Right. I'm sitting around eight because I don't want any issues. And if this person gets injured, I mean, that's on my watch and that, and that's huge, right? They don't trust me. And if I'm going to go somewhere and trust them with my body, I'm like, don't hurt me. If they did hurt me, I'd be really upset about that. Right. Or cause I'm entrusting them with so much. So that's kind of how I went from kind of the jack of all trades, right. Into kind of morphing into kind of, uh, when we had at the, the last kind of the integrated medical facility, we had doctors on staff, we had dietitians, then we had fitness. So everyone kind of had their roles. So I just kind of basically had to stay in my lane, which is totally good when you've got professionals working with you. Um, however, at the same time, I mean, people still, they develop that relationship with you. Uh, they see you with fitness. You have conversations. They want to know what you do. And some people just, it's just more personal touch. So I, I did miss some of that. Right. And so um, now going off on my own, I'm able to, to once I revisit some of that stuff, but at the same time, you know, I'm very clear that, hey, I'm not a physical therapist. I'm not a dietitian. I'm not saying this is what's right for you. I'm saying, hey, this is a way we can go about reaching your goals. Let's try it together, right? So that's kind of where I'm at now. But also the, a big component, which I've seen now because I've had clients for, for several years, is that you know, the, the mindset is huge. The motivation is huge. And it's not uh, basically the progress is not linear. No way. It's kind of like this. Uh, 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 uh. And I'm trying to basically stop them from going like this all or nothing to basically kind of keep it a little bit more steady, a little bit more consistent, right? And because it's like, we should look at fitness as, hey, I, I need to be doing this for the next 50 years of my life, right? I, I don't need six weeks, 
I don't need a six-week plan, a, which can be great for an event. But if I'm trying to go ahead and have sustainable results, I need to be able to do something that could last me a lifetime. Yeah, so true. And we, we get these people in here that want that straight line linear path. And uh, a lot of say businessmen who come in and they're like, well, why aren't, why aren't I progressing quickly? Or I took a step back and it's uh, talked to them the same thing, like investing. We're not investing. If you're, you're not checking how your stocks are doing every 10 seconds being like, Oh, well it's, it's up or it's down. It's like, we're playing the long game with that too. And that's something that have to keep in mind when we're talking about our fitness as well Is it's not going to always be straight up. There's going to be dips, but if we look at the trend, we have to make sure that we're trending the right way. And those big crashes and those hills and valleys can be harmful in some ways, I think for, for people's mindset and their progress. Absolutely. Right. And that, and that is what I say too. Let's look at the trend line, right? Cause some, because day to day is emotional, right? So I can't look at that. But if I'm looking at the trend, I should definitely over several weeks, several months, I should be, we'll say, getting something better. Because there's so many things to, right? I've got like sleep. I've got uh, kind of, we'll say, alcohol intake. I've got the whole gamut of nutrition and then all of exercise and all the components there. It's literally endless. Yeah. And I think that's a, a perfect transition to what I know we wanted to talk on today of so people probably associate personal trainers. I have a personal trainer. I'm going to go in once a week or twice a week or three times a week to a physical space, to a gym. I'm going to go through a workout. They're going to wreck me. I'm going to leave feeling sore. And then I'm going to come back and do it again in a couple of days. And I, I think people associate trainer with the workouts they're, they're given and the workouts specifically they do in the gym. Now, some good trainers will provide some programming for them as well, but while you're a a personal trainer by degree or technically a personal trainer, I would say you're much more, and I know your training style personally, it's, it's very much holistic. It's the coaching, it's the the mindset, it's some of those other things you talk about. And I don't think everyone associates personal training with those things too. And this expert accountability, this guidance that you can give and provide that goes so far beyond just the workouts you're doing with someone physically. And do you, do you mind touching a little bit on, on kind of your style at icon and how you're working with these people, what that looks like, maybe day to day, week to week, month to month. Yeah, totally. Totally. I think you really hit the nail on the head when, when you, when you think of trainer, you think of someone I just go to that just really just beats me up. And that's kind of, that's kind of about it. Right. Or they may say, Hey, let's go keto right now. Right. Some kind of like just kind of almost some kind of fad or trend or something that might not even be good for you, but they just, they just want to try it. Right. So yeah, I think the big thing kind of how I do, we'll say uh, the philosophy of training and sustainability getting results is if someone comes in and let's just, let's just assess them. Right. And a lot of times they're coming in and they are, we'll say sedentary, previous injury, middle aged. Right. So that's kind of what they're coming in as. And so my basically kind of assessment is I'll do a functional movement screen. I'll look at their mobility. I'll look at some, like some big gross movement patterns, a squat, push up, things like that. And we can just see a lot from there. And then I don't need the same time, put them on a track and run them for a mile to get a mile time. I don't need to put them on a rower and have them row for 500 meters super hard. Right. Cause the big thing is like, like you're probably already in pain. You don't have the best form. So I really can't just try to go ahead and beat you up with an assessment right now or try to beat you up as part of a workout, right? That would be something that would be, we'll say, higher impact, uh, high skill, which we don't want. But yeah, so we, so we just basically do, do some mobility assessments, some basic look at their movement a little bit, right? And then we kind of dive into their nutrition, dive into their lifestyle. How are they sleeping? How is their alcohol intake? How is their stress level? There's so many other factors when I'm thinking oh, that affect your fitness, right? That it's like health and fitness. And so definitely exercise is a part of that. But at the same time, um, I don't want to overdo it on the exercise part. Just the fact that they're coming in to see me is like a huge step, right? And just like, just think about if, I, if I'm trying to like learn a new skill or sport, now I'm going to have, think about two days, we'll say at least two days at a time. We'll say, let's say Tuesday, if there's a night now, I'm going to have, I'm going to go to practice from like, we'll say 7 to 8 p.m., right? So if I'm going to do that, that, that adjusts my night before, that adjusts my whole day, adjusts rough evening. There's so many pieces moving around just to make it to twice a week at practice or in the gym. So I have to really make it manageable and I have to make it appropriate for their level and gradually move them along. And so a lot of times what I'm doing is I'm just making slight changes 
or working on similar things, we'll say from an exercise standpoint, while hitting one thing from, we'll say a lifestyle standpoint, whether that is the sleep or that is their nutrition or relates to alcohol or stress or something like that, right? So that's kind of some approach. I know your question got a little watered in there, but but my big approach is just, let's go ahead, let's, let's get you moving a little better. Let's, let's assess some things from the beginning. You don't need to do too much and I'll take it from there, kind of from your body wise. And then also a big step is just looking at all the other pieces that make up health and fitness. So that's kind of how I do it. And that's really been, I would say, in my opinion, that that is the best way, right? And if someone is not ready, like if I try to do something else crazy with them and it doesn't work well for them, right? It's just so demotivating, right? So it's always kind of this, this balance. Yeah, I think you had a lot of awesome points there. And I want to get back to the lifestyle stuff in a little bit here. But I know you mentioned from the assessment thing and people coming in and not wanting to beat them up and just throw them on a rower. And I think that's so true. I think so many people come in associating good workout with how bad did I sweat? Did I have a sweat angel laying on the floor? Did I leave out of breath? How beat up was I when in reality, our training, when we talk the longevity side of it has to be something that we can sustain and maintain and can and should actually make us feel good. And I think that's one of the biggest myths that people have is good from a standpoint of, yes, I can work hard, but I can leave with my muscles feeling sore and not my joints and my whole body feeling beat up, my nervous system feeling fried. So how do you educate people? How do you talk with them on the ones, maybe this happens from the start, but do you have people coming in just looking to get beat up, just hoping you kind of wreck them, beat them down and, and associating that with success? Or how do you have those conversations or educate people on that side of things? Yeah, totally great question. And I had a couple of new, um, new guys come through and my big thing was, hey, you know, right now, this may seem a little slower. I kind of set the expectation, you know, and I'm saying this might be a little slower, but we're laying a good foundation that we're going to build upon, right? We're going to build more strength. We're going to build more endurance. We're going to build a lot more intensity on top of that. But if we don't lay a good foundation, right, then we're going to crumble, right? Our body's going to fall apart. Then you're going to get so sore or you're not going to want to come back tomorrow, right? And once again, you're not trying to, you know, be the, the world's best athlete here, right? So I don't need to necessarily push you that much. I need to make sure I need to kind of manage their stress and their body so that they can still function well, right? And they may feel a little bit tomorrow, but it won't limit their, uh, we'll say their mindset and won't limit them from doing anything else they need to do um, throughout the day, right? So that's number one thing. I kind of manage those expectations starting off. And then two is at the same time, like when I think people love finishers, right? We, when we love getting out of breath too, getting a little beat up, right? Being pushed beyond what we do by ourselves, right? That's the beauty of the accountability of a trainer or another person. And so in that case, I'll put together a low impact, right? High intensity, a little low skill of finisher, right? To get them out of breath, to get them sweaty, get that heart rate up, but also kind of get them what they want while knowing that I'm not going to hurt them. And so for me, that looks like a lot of times that's a sled, an assault bike or an airdyne bike. So that's, that's some basic stuff right there, right? And then I might throw a little core in there. And then just I, if you do that a little bit, everyone wins. Yeah, I think that's great. And and just for anyone listening, that the what we mean by low skill would be pushing a slider, riding on a salt bike where we can get heart rate up, get you huffing and puffing in a hurry without needing a lot of practice at a movement like something compared to a, a squat snatch or something. If you're doing high rep squat snatches, that's a hugely technical move and one that can be butchered a lot, but one that, yes, it can get your heart rate up and it can get you huffing and puffing. But if done incorrectly, it can also wreck your ankles, knees, back, shoulders, all the above. So that, that's uh, a little more on the, the low skill piece that we're talking about. And that's an awesome approach with that. And then along with that, we have these other lifestyle factors. We, especially these people, I know people you work with are a lot of executives, a lot of busy individuals, their nervous systems already on high. So yeah. the negative side of pushing hard in the workout is that the body doesn't always differentiate. Okay. I'm already in this high stress state. I add this other stressor. I'm not recovering. I'm not sleeping, not managing stress. All those things can affect how the body looks, how the body feels. So how much are you working on? I know you already mentioned the other things like sleep, like stress, like alcohol, some of these other things. How are you like practically working this stuff in with your, with your clients in terms of how are you, are you tracking it? Are you, what kind of accountability and action steps are you giving them to help work on these areas? Cause a lot of times people hear this and they're like, yeah, I need to manage my stress better, but what does that actually mean? 
Right, right. Well, you know, a lot of it um, comes back down to questions and just asking them, hey, how do you feel? How, how was your day? Cool. Did you eat anything for lunch? Do you have anything for breakfast? You know, just these basic questions. And then I can kind of get an idea of where they're at. And just like, like all the, the body language, right? All like the posture stuff. Remember I had one client that came in and this was right as COVID-19 was going down, right? Kind of walks in. I could just body posture, just stiff, neck a little bit more upright, uh, not smiling, you know, and the stock market's just tanking, you know? So I'm just like, yo, I, I can see and feel the stress on you right now. Let's go ahead. Let's, let's go right into our breathing, right? So we go right into our breathing. Let's chill out. Let's relax. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's the basic things that sometimes we just don't do. Right. And then it's, and then it's the things of like, Hey, like, well, what do you need right now? Okay, cool. Like, let's go ahead. Let's stretch out. Right. Let's go ahead. Let's, let's cut this short. I so I've had to do that recently with some people. Right. And just kind of knowing, the, first off, knowing them, knowing what they've been through, knowing what's going on, asking them hey, what's coming up for you. You know, things like that are, I, I feel like that, that is, that is the best. Right. And then when you ask them questions that makes them think about why am I feeling the way I do or how do I even feel? Because a lot of times people are just unaware that they're always in this high stress kind of, we'll say state. It just, it just, they become like a mute, it becomes their norm. Right. And so they're wondering why they're getting sick or why they're kind of on edge. And sometimes just asking questions allows them to just even think about that. So there we go. Yeah. Well said. And that's, I know a big piece is having them kind of, we'll call it trip over the truth a little bit of, they don't realize those things or they might know them in uh, logically, but when they apply to their own life, it's like, okay, I don't necessarily always see the pattern that caffeine intake and alcohol intake and my lack of sleep and my stress and the strain in my relationship right now, the stress in family life and my job super stressful and the stock markets crashing and all those things. Like, I wonder why I'm, I'm not hitting a PR today. I wonder why my back feels especially stiff and having, being able to talk through those things is a huge, huge piece of that. And how long have you been working with a lot of your clients? I think that's what you said is a big piece of that too. When you say the relationship and knowing them too, this is something that you can't go see someone two times for, get a couple workouts and expect to address all these things. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Anything from specific clients for a few weeks to multiple years, you know, whether it's in person, whether it's been in their home, in the studio, and then now virtually it's, it's evolved as kind of what their needs have evolved and our relationship has changed or our location, physicality, it's just not uh, the same. So that's kind of how usually, I, I could definitely tell because then I know so many of the inner workings of where they could, could be having stress and what's going on. And we just, uh, we've been able to, to tackle more there. So, and some of it, and that's a lot of times where I do to see the kind of either, right? The up to down, or we try to stop that before it happens. Like, hey, like, let's just look at your weight. Where are you at? Where are you sitting again? And, and once again, this is not our only tool and it's not even the best tool, but it's one tool that we can just gauge just to see how are the rest of the other habits that you're doing, how are, how are they coming along? Because if, if your weight is creeping up, there's probably something going on with A, B, C, or D. And peeling back those layers, sometimes people know what it is, but sometimes sometimes they need a little help finding what it is, but sometimes they know what it is and they just need a little accountability with it. How are you providing accountability for these people? Because I know that's one of the biggest things when we talk motivation, mindset, training is a lot of people can put together good workouts is, is definitely important, but that should be, I think that should be assumed when you're finding a trainer, you want to find someone who has intelligent programming and good workouts, but it's the other, those other things you mentioned that really set the great trainers apart in terms of being able to motivate, being able to keep people accountable and how often are you doing this? And I'm guessing every session to, to some degree, but do you have any specific strategies in place that can help people with that accountability and motivation in the, in the times where they're feeling a little bit of that dip or the numbers aren't reflecting their work? Yeah. And the biggest thing I would say is whether it's during the session, because some, some clients I have in, like we'll say in the studio and some will say are virtual, right? But once again, it's like, I am showing up several times a week and asking questions, checking in around where we left off, around their nutrition, around their exercise, 
around that programming? Like, hey, how did this new workout go? Or did you check this out yet? Or how is your knee feeling? We're always kind of picking up where we left off. It's like a continuous conversation, right? And so that's, that goes with every client, continuous conversation and how all those pieces are doing, right? Because you would think, well, this sounds very basic and it sounds like I asked, everything's fine. Oh, you know, what did you, what did you eat over the weekend? Or how was your weekend with, with nutrition? And it's every week, there's always something to be said. It's going to be shared. It's going to be alone there, right? And everything goes by to, oh, well, hey, if you know what? If your Friday night was really bad, you don't have to eat later till Saturday, right? If you're not hungry in the morning when you wake up, don't eat, right? Or if you're Friday, you're exhausted. Hey, Saturday, let's take it back a little bit. Maybe you can go get a massage. Just, just get off your schedule. Hey, maybe it's time for an active rest week, right? And so all these are real kind of scenarios that I've been through recently and then the, the gamut of scenarios that I've been through uh, throughout my career. And but, but I, I do appreciate how I could kind of um, navigate all of those, right? Because they almost seem kind of basic, just push through it or this or that, or you probably did the same thing you did last week, right? Why do we need to talk about that? But really, you know, we're human. So uh, we, we'll, we'll, say, we'll say we just forget very easily, right? So, so I'm a good reminder, voice of reason. And, and what's crazy about like exercise and nutrition is that it's constantly evolving and changing, you know? And people ask about, hey, how is this approach? How is this exercise? Or this is really cool, this piece of equipment, right? Or Dave, what do you think about this, right? And which is, I get a lot too. What do you think about A, B, C, or D? And so it's cool just to, you know, once again, have a dialogue about that and say why I think it's good, why I don't think it's good, right? And then what they see is they just know that someone else did it, it's popular, right? But they don't necessarily know the reasons why I think a certain way. And I'm sure you run into a lot with people jumping from trend to trend, from new thing to new thing with keto or intermittent fasting or cleanse diets or different things. How do you discern what's right for, for someone and how do you have those conversations? Is it, do you recommend self-experimentation or small changes or where do you, I guess, where are people's starting point? Because we don't, we don't really know what the best approach is. People have really good results on keto sometimes and people have really good results on high carb too. And there's, there's so many variances with that. How do you, where's your starting point for people that you recommend and how do you make those adjustments to know if it is right for someone? Yeah. Yeah. Great. Great question. That's people are, are always looking for the best thing. Right. And I forgot the numbers. So don't quote me on any of this. But it's like by the time a woman is in her like 40s, she's been on like hundreds of diets, right? Nice. It's like, it's just, it's like so crazy, right? And once again, we've got so much media out there um, that says, this is hot, this is hot, this is old, this is in, this is out, right? So it's challenging. So what I do, and I've, I've mentioned this before, but you know, with a new client, once again, we just, I just start by asking questions. You know, I'm just trying to gather as much information as possible. To, to see what, what, what they're doing currently, you know, uh, what they like, right? It, once again, if someone is, I'm half Korean, right? If someone's like, hey, I'm like Asian or a certain ethnicity and I love pasta or I love, you know, okay, cool. Well, I'm not going to tell you just to go ahead and just stop eating pasta, you know, or if alcohol is a big part of your life because you're, you know, you go out and you own restaurants and you have dinner meetings. Well, we're not going to just get rid of alcohol, but maybe you can moderate it. Right. Maybe we can go ahead and make some adjustments around that. So there's always it's good to know uh, what they're currently doing and what they're like, what what they don't like, what they're struggling, what they what they're desiring, right? And then you kind of build around there. So for some people, what's 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 working well right now, right, is uh, intermittent fasting. And the reason why that helps a lot of people is if I'm a busy guy, busy girl, professional, I don't have a lot of time. I've got families, they have lots of stuff going on, right? I'm traveling. Well, and there's a lot of times there's not healthy food available. Well, let me just, let me just close. Let me just start by, if I'm usually eat from the time I wake up, time to go to bed, let me just go ahead and cut that a little bit, right? So by cutting a little bit, I'm going to go ahead, I'm going to minimize some extra calories that I would have consumed. And plus then there's all the other benefits of like well, the scientific benefits of, you know, the fasting and what that does physiologically and the hormones that are released, you know, the muscle sparing, metabolic, metabolism sparing, right? Fat burning. So that's basically how um, we approach to it. Just look at what they're doing. You know, where can I make some cuts? We're going to make some small adjustments and take it from there. But also the reason why I would suggest something or wouldn't 
would definitely be based upon some good research too. Like I'm doing stuff on my end. That's why I'm making a recommendation. I believe in this, not only because um, it sounds, it's cool or whatever, it's the latest thing, but there's some good validity in it, right? And so, and that's, that's not the case of a lot of things, but at least some things there is, there are some validity, right? Like I would not tell someone to do macros, right? Because I mean, I back in the day, I did bodybuilding. So I know like kind of what macros look like. But if I just have, you know, a bunch of crap with my macros, say I want to have a bunch of cereal and pop tarts in the morning, well, crap, you like, like it's probably a lot better if, and with those cups. So I have some oatmeal, right? And I throw in some almonds. Maybe I have, you know, some eggs with that. Like I'm going to feel a lot different, right? Based upon, we'll say two carb sources, right? They're both calories, but the quality definitely matters, right? So I think educating them, seeing what they like, what they don't like, but then also then at the end of the day, you know, I, I don't want to be the guy that's like, this is what you got to do. That's it. Black and white. No, you know what? Like, even when, when we tell someone they, they want advice about, hey, I'm trying to get like a new pair of training shoes. Oh, cool. There's A, B, C, and D. This, one's, this is what I recommend, but those are all good options. Well, Dave, I, I, I get it. I want that one, but you know what? I love this one over here. Cool. Well, then, then do it, you know? And then, and, then, and then once they do it, they try it. I go, hey, how's that working for you? And that's one of the, that's one of my favorite questions to see too uh, when someone says something. I go, "Yeah, how's that working for you?" And then it's kind of like, uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's one of those things where it's clearly not working, you know. But you know, if you tell someone they can't do something, that's I mean, you're more of a dictator than than a coach, right? A coach is uh, it's, it's always a dialogue. Right? It's a great relationship. Uh, I love that. I use that question a lot too, and we don't have to. We don't have to force people into fit into these these things, and that's why I love your approach so much. It's it's so simple, but so effective in how you guide people along and how you let them try things, and how because there are a lot of trainers out there and people that are like, it's this way, it's it's this diet, it's this thing, it's you can't have ten carbs over your limit, you can't ever have a drink of alcohol, and it's for some people, yeah. yes, for some people, you know, abstinence from those things works better for them if they can't control carbs. Maybe they need to put some kind of limit on there, but for the people just trying to live a general balanced, healthy lifestyle, these things can fit into, into normal life while still achieving health and fitness goals. And for the people that are chasing, you know, the bodybuilders that are going after the, you know, the, the top level of bodybuilding is a different conversation than the person who just wants to feel good, look relatively fit and be able to enjoy their lifestyle too. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And I think, and I think, would you say that is a more sustainable approach too? Cause I know that's something you're big on is sustainability as well of not just, we're not just after a quick fix in a month or three months or even six months, but how to, how to maintain that for, for several years. And is that something you're preaching a lot with the clients you work with? Yeah, because I would say, Hey, if you can't keep this up for, we'll say months, if not, you know, if not years down the road, well, then that's diet, Right but we want lifestyle, right? So lifestyle is going to be inherently longer, right? So that's why a lot of times say they go, okay, here's my diet, right? And once again, people don't actually show me their diet, but like we talk about it or it's on, a lot of times I tell people, okay, let's just track for one to two weeks and let's, let's just get some data. You don't have to do it forever, but let's just see where you're at. I just want to know like, your intake, right? If I'm trying to make a budget, right? I'm going to say, okay, well, where are you spending your money? Like, you know, like, like how much money do you have? Like, let's, let's figure this out first. So let's see it. And once I see it, we can make some recommendations, right? But if I'm going to say, oh, it looks like you love having, we'll say, peanut butter and jelly first thing in the morning. Like you've been having that for the last 10 years. You love that. Well, you know what? Even though, I mean, I think it's the best idea to have that, you know, at 5 a.m., like like they're not going to change it anytime soon. So so let's go ahead. Let's change something easy, right? I'm a big fan of John Berardi and Precision Nutrition. So a lot of how I kind of how I go about tackling nutrition, tackling habits, and even exercise is through the lens of this habit-based approach, right? And so it involves you know, a good kind of figuring out where they're at. And then from there, you know, what's one thing they can change? And on a scale of one to 10, then you deal with some nine or 10, right? And that's that confidence check. And, and I'll say like, I go, hey, you know, how likely are you to change eating that peanut butter and jelly um, first thing in the morning? And, and they might be, they might say, you know, on a scale one time, they might say, there's no way I'm going to change it. Okay, cool. Well, let's not worry about that then. You know, let's go ahead. Let's do something else. Right. And it might be starting out with like basics like water, 
you know, what is your hydration levels, right? Because you need to have X amount of water per day and this is how much you're getting. So there's, let's start small from there. And you don't have to reach for the end goal right away, right? If I'm supposed to have 100 ounces of water per day and I'm, and this is common, I might have eight ounces. I might have one glass or two glasses of water. I go, hey, let's just go for, you know what? Let's go for four glasses a day. Can we, can we do that, right? And once again, it's because longevity. We'll, we'll get there. Majority of clients, I'm not worried about timeline. You know, some clients, we have a timeline, but some we don't, right? It just kind of seems where they're at too, because mentally, you need self-discipline. You need time with this. Your schedule might be too, too hectic already. So just for you to come here for the hour is a huge ask, right? So I'm not going to have you. So your results might be, oh, it just might take longer, right? Because you don't have the margin in your schedule or the, the self-discipline right now to go ahead and push more. But so that's kind of how I do it is I examine what, like, what's, what's your intake. Okay, cool. Let's confidence check you. Let's find something very actionable, very easy. Because the likelihood of you doing it is great. But the likelihood of you doing it is small. You're not going to do it some days out of the week. And then you're going to feel defeated like a failure. And then guess what? I feel, you know, I feel all this guilt and shame. Peace out. I'm gone. Right. And, and that is a typical approach. If I just hand someone diet, because it's like this huge checklist of things you have to do. If I don't do it, then I feel like a failure. Cause and sometimes I have failed, but I was set up to fail. My goal is to try to set them up to win, but, and there's a lot of coaching and teaching around that. Right. And once again, it just comes to questions like, Hey, why do you do that? Or why do you want to start there? Or, Hey, you know what? I know you're gung ho right now. You want to do seven days. You want to do five hours of workouts every week but right now you do zero so like do you know like what that, that's going to take right it's going to have to switch around a b c and d in your schedule let's just start with two and we can move up right so that's really the approach and then you're all, and then you're adjusting adjusting and sometimes sometimes i'm wrong i go they can handle more so we bump it up next week right or sometimes it was too much and we, and we, and we ratchet down so it's, it's this fluid sort of kind of approach to dance you know i'm not trying to dance so much faster than my partner. I'm just kind of going in motion and leading them. Because this is, once again, I say, this is not the next, you know, six weeks. This is the next 50 years of your life, right? So that's the approach. That's so great, Dave. I think those those last two or three minutes for those listening are, are well worth listening to again, just with that. I mean, that approach just sums up so many things so well too, and so many mistakes that we see in the people that we help with programming and trying to achieve their health and fitness goals is that, we want to bite off this, this huge chunk of things right away. It's like, okay, well, I'm ready to get fit. So I'm going to, I know I need exercise five days a week. I'm going to go intermittent fasting. I'm going to drop my calories by 500 calories a day. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go for morning walks. I'm ditching the coffee. And it's like, no wonder we check in with them two weeks later. And it's like, how's that going for you? And they're like, uh, you know, I'm back, back on whatever path I was on before, because that's just, like you said, we're setting people up for, for failure and whether that's a, a self-doing thing, have to reflect on that, or if it's the person yeah. you're working with, if are setting someone up for failure, that's something we have to check as people trying to help achieve these transformations and these health goals is, is super important. And with all that being said, there are still those individuals like elite athletes, right? Or, or got younger guys in their twenties or guys at a certain point in their life where they're like, they're like you know what? enough's enough it's go time and so i've worked with some guys like that as well who like you know in 12 weeks or a short amount of time they've made so many changes where i'm just like wow outrageous right so if you get to it's, it's an event where you're at in your life you know once you everyone's got to hit kind of the rock bottom and when they're ready to change that's the key like the key state to be in i'm ready for this you know my mom didn't tell me to do it my girlfriend didn't tell me to do it no one i am ready to change then sometimes you just go i can't give you enough <laughs> I can't give you enough. So there's always that too. Yeah, it's so good. It comes back to to knowing who you're working with and knowing them as a, a person of what they're ready for. Some people are ready for that. And the people that we tend to tend to see, and I'm sure the people you work with in that state that are similar are there's there's a very deep burning why behind why they're doing it. Like you said, it's not a it's not an external thing of like, oh, I feel like I should do this or I heard I should do this. There's some something coming up in their life. There's some change in life. There's something that flipped inside of them. That is this burning desire that they're just ready to, to ditch their old ways and, and adopt this new lifestyle. And for those people, it's, yeah, there's no point in slowing them down. There's no point in us being like, well, you know, you really shouldn't if they are ready for it, but it comes back to knowing, knowing who you're working with. 
Absolutely. And then, and then also being okay too with, oh man, you're, you're ready for more. Let me give you, I don't want to slow you down. My bad, let's keep going. You know, so it really is this uh, humble stance that I'm taking as, as a coach too. You know, I, I'm once again, I'm not trying to position myself as the expert telling you everything, what you have to do. Hey, like, let's see where you're at. You're a human being, right? <laughs> like, like, let's just, let's see. Trust me, I, I'll guide you safely, right? But once again, this is a relationship, it's a fluid relationship right here. Right. And I could be wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I've gotten it wrong on, on both sides of it, but I definitely, the, the regrets that stand out in my mind with the people I work with are the ones that I tried to push too fast and I gave them too much. And like you said, set them up to failure. The ones where maybe I start them out a little slow and I'm a little more conservative. I'm a little tighter on the reins and they're like, Hey, I'm ready for more. I want to move faster. And maybe we delayed the results a little bit are much easier for me than starting out too fast and creating defeat in someone because when we've created defeat in people, they don't end up reaching their goals, but the people that maybe get there, maybe I slowed them down by a couple months through, and this is just through our learning as coaches and through these things of where, like you said, we're not, we don't position ourselves as experts. We're not perfect, but the ones that maybe have slowed down because it was a little too conservative. I definitely don't regret those as much as the people that pushed too fast, too hard and created, created burnout in that sense. Totally. And one thing I think is so powerful as well, when someone says, you know, Dave, I got my three workouts in. I know we, we talked about three to four workouts per week. She's like, you know, I, I'm going to do four, you know, I want to do six. And I'll even, I'll even just go, hey, you know what? If you really want to do six, you can, but I would say just keep it at four. And, and let's go ahead and let's, let's wait till next week because this, this is why I do it is, is building anticipation because now I go, you know what, they would have done six and they've got, and they've gotten their head now. I'm going to do six again next week. Well, they could be a little bit burned out. Like that was fine. But for them to repeat, repeat that behavior might be a little much and that might not be sustainable. So I'd rather have it go, Hey, let's, let's, let's rein it in a little bit and you could do a little bit more. We're not going to take it there, but guess what? That's going to fuel you for the continued weeks of kind of leering in all this new um, health and fitness lifestyle. Yeah, it's so true. And I think the way you present that and being that it's not like, okay, we're going from four and now we're going to go from six weeks indefinitely. It's this ongoing thing. And that's where the ongoing accountability and, and having someone to work closely with of being able to make those changes becomes important because we don't just say, all right, well, now you're going to six and there's no turning back now. Like you're at six workouts a week. You committed to this. It's let's wait this week. Let's try six next week. And then what do we do? We reevaluate where you're at, how you're doing with it. Do you still want to continue with this? How's your body feeling? How's, how's schedule? How's lifestyle? Do all these things support it? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I've had uh, the last two people I've worked with that have kind of gone a little crazier, like, oh, oh, this issue flared up or this elbow flared up, you know, it's like, okay, cool. Like maybe let's, let's be a little bit more diligent and not always you know, trying to crush them to work out here, you know, instead of that, they're going shooting up at nine, 10, bring it down, right? Just bring it down because that is just a more sustainable approach where I don't need to bash myself every day in order to, to, to see gains, but I can go ahead and steadily keep kind of my body progressing, challenging, but not overdoing it. And I think that the key is I, I want to survive, you know, I don't want to just survive through my workouts, but I want to thrive through them. Right. So having a little bit left in the tank every time, once it's that additional anticipation, you build for next time. And it's that, it's that momentum that keeps you going. And, but some of those days where you beat yourself up to, I mean, that's good as well. But once again, I think the big thing too is I want to be thriving and not just surviving. So well said. And that, and I agree, there's time and a place to, to push it and to beat yourself up a little bit. But I've, I've learned over the years, personally, I think the the mental benefits of that are more there than the physical benefits of, I think there's, there's something to getting outside your comfort zone from seeing from a, a mental standpoint of seeing what you can do. But if you're physically trying to do that, because you think that's the best for your body of pushing to that nine ten every day, then I'm guessing you're listening. And I, I don't want to make assumptions, but the people we see that do that are the ones that achieve incredible results for three weeks, three months sometimes even a year, and then they crash hard. They're out with a back injury. Their knee flares up, their elbow flares up. They have shoulder tendonitis. They have these things. So we're, we work with adults and we let them, you know, we want to let people make decisions. We're not here to tell people what to do, but if you find yourself in this cycle of I'm getting really good, I got really lean, I crashed and then I got hurt. My back got hurt and my nutrition went to garbage and I stopped sleeping. I 
add in a little more alcohol and you go through these cycles, you have to reevaluate how you're training. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And what kind of last thing I have for you on the, the fitness side of things is for someone that's listening and it's, it's overwhelming. Some people, you know, for, if people are fortunate to have a, a good coach to work with, who's guiding them through this, that's I think ideal, but for someone looking to just get started, they've maybe let their health slip a little bit. They're not where they want to be. Their energy's low. They're probably, they might be overweight. They might be feeling weak. They might have some joint issues. Where, where do people start? Like how, how to get started for the average person that's, that's listening and maybe doesn't have the background in, in health and fitness. Where would you say to, to get started? Yeah. Great question. I always think it's awesome to a uh, couple of things. Uh, first go cool, like, like what do I want? If, if it's just health and fitness, then just cool. Let, let me just start, you know, I'll just start walking if I'm not really walking right now. That would be great. If there's someone's like, man, I want to be able to, you know, do a, um, do a marathon or I want to do a triathlon or I want to be able to, you know, have a six pack by summer. Okay, cool. I've got these goals and I'm not going to judge your goals. Right. Cause of course, it, once you get into it, you're going to, you're going to figure out everything along the way. Right. But I would just start there. What do you want? And then, and then start like, let me just do a little bit more their movement or, or let me just go to the gym a little bit more. Or if I, if I have the opportunity to have a program or have a trainer that I can find and seek out and then they can hopefully guide me with it. So first, you know, identify what you want. And secondly, you know, just take a small baby step, right? And take the 50-year approach. Hey, can I do this in 50 years? Or, hey, maybe not going from zero to 60 is probably the best bet. Maybe let me just go from like zero to 15 right now. And, and that would probably be just my, my body has to adapt, right? My mind, my schedule, there's so much that needs to adapt. So you're going to just have a much better time by starting small and slowly building up. Yeah. I think it's so well said and it, it can get overwhelming because you, you do a simple Google search and there's no shortage of the perfect workout and the perfect nutrition and you need to sleep this much and manage stress this way. And there's so many recommendations out there, but like, I hope we've harped on enough times is smaller is often better. Smaller and sustainable is much better than coming out of the gate hard, trying to create a fast change because fast changes aren't always sustainable. And like you said, there are the the rare instances, but for the majority of people listening, a smaller approach, a more long game approach is, is what's necessary. Yeah. I would say that's probably the 80% of the population. And so I would just be smart with it. And once again, you only have one body, right? You don't want to screw it up. <laughs> right. And you don't want to wait too long either. Cause, cause so many, so many clients see me when you know, they're in their fifties, right? They're in their, they're in their forties, fifties, and they want, they want quick results and they start training and really they're at the bottom. So we're building them up, but the conversation happens where like, Dave, I'm really not losing weight. I really haven't reached some of these goals that I wanted. Uh, but, but we talk about your weekends. We talk about what you've been doing. We talk about the additional exercise that's needed as well. I mean, to, to reach these goals and you haven't really been doing that. So let me ask you how, how like, like fitness is a, you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint, right? Your health and fitness marathon, not a sprint. So if you've been unhealthy for the last 30 years, 20 years of life, you're going to undo all of that. Like how many thousands of drinks have you had over the last decade? How many like thousands of pounds of steaks have you had? And then these are actual, you know, you know, and you start laughing like, wow, that's a lot, you know, like it is a lot, right? So it's just the body changes and adapts, the physiology changes, right? Posture, everything changes. So it does take longer and it goes back into uh, managing expectations. So when someone comes to me and they're in their 20s, let's say late 20s, 30s, right? So much easier because they just have less time of unhealth versus someone in their 50s, like their body's a little bit more molded into positions even worse behaviors habits more kind of fat or uh, essentially uh, which is just challenging to get down um yeah so i would say the sooner the better yeah so it's your just get started and, and i don't know where i heard the quote at originally but we overestimate what we can do in one year and we underestimate what we can do in 10 and that's just the the summary of we we set new year's resolutions and we're like this year is going to be i'm going to do so many things and we fall off because we set these big goals and then we get defeated and we lose sight of the long game of how much we really can accomplish looking at the last 10 years of a dedicated, sustainable approach and what your results can be extraordinary in that time. Absolutely. And then one thing I'd love to say as well is, you know, better is better. 
you know, some people like, hey, 1% better every day, whatever. Hey, you know what? It doesn't even matter if it's 1%. It could be 0.1%, right? It could be over here. If I used to drink, we'll say three glasses of water last year, but now I drink four glasses of water. Well, is that better? You haven't gone backwards. So it doesn't, you know, just better is better. So just if you take that approach as well, that's going to be, once again, there's less stress, but still a gauge that you are progressing. Yeah, well said. And that's when that's applied to multiple areas too, of instead of trying to create these huge changes in all the areas, if you're doing, adding a glass of water, adding 15 minutes of sleep, adding, you know, adding some meditation or daily walk or something from the mental side of things and adding a little bit of mobility work that creates huge change over time. Yeah. It's got that cumulative effect, right? A lot of what I say, cause I've heard it from great people. You know, I am, I'm a copycat. I am by no means an original guy, you know? All uh, right. You know, just trying to learn as much as I can. But uh, one guy named Darren Hardy, he's got a book called The Compound Effect. That's a great example of what I always use for people. I go, hey, like you really don't even just every hour, just go ahead and get up from, from where you're sitting and just walk around for like 30 seconds or, or just get up, right? And just do like these uh, kind of some kind of, we'll say, uh, shoulder openers right here. Just do that once a day when you first wake up for 10, do 10 reps. And like, I'm not sure that's going to help or, you know what? Well, hey, if you did it every day for a week, 10 reps, that'd be 70 reps. And if you did it every day for a month, right? That'd be, we'll, we'll say, you know, 280. And if you did it every day for a year, I mean, that'd be thousands. And if you did it for 10 years, I mean, that'd be tens, right? right? So, so it once again, is it just adds up, right? If I save a dollar a day, it just adds up the same kind of thing. So just to kind of just know that as well, that that is a great principle. Yeah. And I think those are things we can, we can live by. And especially for those, it doesn't matter where you're at on the spectrum. If you're listening and you're trying to achieve, you're already at a level of fitness that you're happy with level of health you're happy with, and you're trying to achieve upper levels more in that we'll call optimization. Those same rules apply versus if you're at absolutely square one, like you said, rock bottom, you're not sure where to start. It's the same approach either way. Neither, neither would benefit from trying to overhaul everything they're doing. It's all the sustainable. And like you said, the compound approach over time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like compound interest, right? Right. Yeah. Next thing you know, we've got this huge goose egg and you're like, wow, I, I didn't realize that this little small habit or this little small investment was going to come out this large, you know, years on the road, but it does. Mm -hmm. And it takes away a lot less from our lives of those invest. If it seems like an investment to you in terms of, well, I don't want to work out. I don't want to do these things when it takes up such a small portion of your time, when we're not asking you to drive to the gym and do an, a 90 minute workout and then 30 minutes of stretching, that seems like that that's, you know, large chunk of your, your waking hours versus, okay, can you do this shoulder opener and take out this one thing and add a glass of water? Those things are like, oh yeah, no, I can. I can totally do that. That's, that's reasonable. And they have the, the similar effects over time. Yeah. You know, and then the thing is too, even with these, we'll say like, Hey, I don't have time for a B C or D whether it's, you know, 10 seconds or, you know, an hour. Well, you know, anyone that invests in their health and fitness, you know, and this is one thing I like to always say after like some of the workouts, when people, when common people come in and they low energy, they don't feel good. I go, well, Hey, do you feel better now? Yeah. It's like almost, it's always, I feel better. It's always, you know what? No, no I always say no one regrets a workout. Right. And, and I've yet that, that to happen. Right. And it's just because of, we think we don't have enough time. Right. And then next thing you know, we put in the time. It seems like we get so much out of it. It's like the return is immediate and it's so great. So if you don't have energy, right? You go, I'm so low energy. The next thing I start working out, like, I'm energized. How did this work? I didn't have any energy to work out, but now I have more energy and I worked out. It's, it's these things where that math doesn't add up uh, into your favorite when you invest in your, your health and fitness in your body. Yeah. That's awesome. When you do that over time too, it, it only gets, that effect only gets stronger too, which is the cool thing. Yeah. You know, I just read this too, uh, a little tidbit for, for, for you guys. So basically you got the mitochondria in your cells, right? And the mitochondria, they're like, they call it the powerhouse or produces energy in the body, right? And so when I'm training, I, I'm actually getting more mitochondria. So basically I'm able to produce more energy. So the fact that if I'm looking for more energy, someone who's trained is actually going to have more availability to have more energy as well. 
So not just a kind of like a, a, you know, I feel better, but actually this is actually a scientific thing that happens with our physiology in the body. So cool. And physiology and the mindset and all that was so closely linked. And that's something we could go on and on about in a, in a separate conversation here. And that's so much good stuff, Dave. And I want to kind of transition the the conversation here because the the reason I started the podcast and, and when we talked before the show, want this to be about you know so much more for for guys listening out there and for people of knowing you know, what the actual challenges and struggles are that, that we face as, as men. And it's easy with social media out there. And I know, uh, for looking at you from, from the outside, you know, for someone that doesn't know you, you're a super fit dude. One of the fittest guys I, I know. And you said all the people that picked on you when you're growing up that paid off with, with all the hard work, but you have a beautiful family. You're running a successful business. It's easy to look from the outside of looking at Dave keys from, you know, the, the 10,000 foot view and being like, wow, he's got it all together and he's got this, this life and it's going on. And we'd both be the first to admit that our journey has been nothing but easy. And we struggle with, with the same things. And there's a lot of, a lot of life that happens. And if you don't mind being real with the listeners here of what key challenge or something you've either faced in the past or are currently facing, that's been a catalyst for, for growth in, in your life and uh, something that's been, influential that people would benefit from knowing about? Yeah, great, man, great way to put it, right? I think from the outside, you know, like people just see a healthy body. That's what they see from the outside. They see a healthy body and I, and I laugh and I talk loud, you know, and so they go, oh, okay, that guy's doing great, you know, or life must be great. And it's easy for my personality. That's kind of how I operate too. But, you know, it's definitely, it's definitely not the case for any human being. Just recently, even, like we'll say like this COVID-19 happened, right? And here I've got a thriving business. I've been growing. I've been on my own for a year now, right? And it's just going up. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And then I see my business essentially crumble before me, you know, and, and my one of my biggest clients, you know, he, he's a, a restaurant guy and we know what happened with restaurants. So, so, so that's just gone as well. And from the foreseeable future, I don't know what's going to happen. So that, that was a challenge. And another kind of, another challenge is there, right? So I'm quickly trying to pull up the pieces of everything and trying to figure out, you know, how to pay the bills, right? And the thing is, it's like, for, uh, thankfully, I'm fortunate they have savings. But I mean, who wants to use their savings when they can't work? And so I'm, I'm trying to kind of convert people over to virtual training or I feel like online training programs, something else, right? So, so that was definitely a challenge. And all the big goals that we had, we had some great family goals, right? We had some travel plans, so much going on. And we were going to hit them all even earlier than expected. Like, awesome, right? But yeah, it's, it's all kind of, you know, just kind of, what do you call it? Picking up the pieces where, where, where that goes. And, and I don't know necessarily what the future looks like with that too. And, and you know, cause it, now it's, it's caused me to, to readjust and to rethink and to prolong things. And so, so that was challenging, but I think for me, what's, what's huge is my, my faith. And that's kind of the rock that, that how I believe, that's what I believe. And, you know, our beliefs basically become our actions. Right. And so I, I'm dictating my life based upon what I believe. And for, for me, you know, I'm a Christian, so I, I believe in that God is just really living and active and, and working so much in my life. And one of like my, my favorite verses is that I, God works all things for the good of those who love him and have been a call according to his purpose. So I'm just, so when this stuff is going on, even though it's negative right now, like God doesn't waste anything like with our lives, whether good or bad, you know, he doesn't wish bad stuff on us. Right. But, but it happens as part of, we live in a fallen world. So initially, like when this was going on, I was like overwhelmed. I'm reading all these articles. I'm full of stress. I'm just, oh my goodness. I'm trying to like manipulate, manage, and just trying to figure things out right now. I'm kind of holding on to what I can. And I call with a good buddy about how he's been doing a lot of virtual stuff. I'm like, oh, okay, no, I haven't done one virtual session yet. You know, so I'm like, and now I'm going to convert. And it was like, it was so stressful and full of anxiety. And of course, I'm thinking about all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, and then I'm thinking it's not fair. So I had to just stop. I had to breathe. You know, I, I had to just go ahead. Basically, when the world crumbles, right? When a dumpster fire happens, like, 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 where do I go to? What's my hope? What's, what's truth that I know? For me, it was going back to uh, truth that I know, I, Bible, and what God says about my life, who I am, and um, what I can expect from Him moving forward, right? And so that, that was huge for me. And so that was able to calm me, 
I was able to stay cool and be reminded of, of what I do have in this. And then things were able to work themselves out. And instead of being like full of more anxiety and like, you know, kept anger and some sadness, like definitely so much more at peace. And yes, it is still challenging for those pieces and those goals that will not happen on the time of my head. But at the same time, I mean, there, there has been good in this. Like, you know, I've got a, uh, a six-month-old daughter. So it's been awesome to spend all this time with her. I've got to reevaluate some things too, um, kind of on a personal level, which I go, man, like, wow. Like, man, I do need my sleep. I need more sleep than I thought. You know, or, or just so many little things. Um, I got to bake like everyone else in the world. Cause just baking so much right now. <laughs> so um, just, man, so just I'm, I'm thankful just to slow down a little bit and to reflect. The most important things in my life didn't change, right? And, and that was, you know, my family, extended family, my health, food, shelter. It's like the basics. And that doesn't always uh, give us what we want, but we, but we get what we need. You know, at least that's been true for, for us and for, for a lot of people that I know. So, you know what? And that is literally, uh, it's, 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 been, it's been good. I appreciate you sharing that. That's, that's awesome. And, and we've had conversations about it, but it's, it's so, you know, it's so hard when, when, you know, and I, we feel for the people out there that, that maybe don't have that faith or that foundation. And this time can be a lot more trying and a lot, you know, a lot tougher in terms of breaking that cycle. We all go through the same, the same cycle of we, it's not that we don't feel anxiety and worry and in, in these things, but being able to break that at some point and reevaluate and say, okay, where's my identity at? And trust, I'm, I'm as much as the next person. I'm a goal setter. I'm a, I'm a go-getter with it. I have my goals. And when those things are thrown off course a little bit, it creates a lot of anxiety, creates a lot of me, my default being to try and take control of the situation, try to will it into happening which is a very short-term approach, kind of like, kind of like our training, is not a, not a long-term sustainable approach. It's, it's setting us up to, to crash and burn if we put our identity in those things that are, can be fleeting and can be you know, things that just aren't, aren't constants. You know, and the more humble you can get, the better. You know? <laughs> so it's like, oh, yeah, so the company to you. You just throw it and, you know, whatever. It's like, oh. Well, hey, you know, you do the best you can, really. You know, you know, and I'm just living with this. Uh, I guess I would say this, uh, this open hand mentality, you know, where like, man, I, like more of a, hey, I'm just managing what I've been, you know, blessed to be able to manage to have right now with, with my career and family and do the best I can. But at the same time, I'm not trying to control everything and, and say that hey, I'm, everything is mine and I've, I've earned it. And cause, cause when I just think about it, it's like, man, well, I know this good person who helped me out. I, I, you know, I was born to this family. I went to this school. Like, I didn't change my own diapers. Uh, I'm through a friend. God, it's just, you know, so much is has been given and so much has just been, not because I deserve it, but just because, you know, I live in America and I'm just thankful to be uh, around who I am. So that's kind of, it's just very humbling to, you know, admit like, you know, I worked hard, but like, you know, there's, I call it God, some call it luck. There's just been a lot of that. It's easy to get lost in our achievements and think they're all from our own doing. But if we really reflect, there's hundreds of people and things and events and plenty of things outside our control that uh, created those those situations. Awesome, Dave. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. I want to give listeners a quick summary here of what we talked about from the the training side of things. And I'll let you add anything here. A couple of things that I wrote down as you were talking is, so from the training side of things, training not pushing that nine ten red line training at a lower level, a more sustainable level. And that sustainable word is going to keep coming back. So making sure your training allows you to train for not the next year, but the next 50 years, as you said, number two. So small changes throughout our life, that compound effect we talked about of little changes over time that create sustainable and long-term lasting results. And then the last piece I highlighted was having accountability and having Questions, formal dialogue, whether that's with a coach, ideally, or even with yourself, having some reflection questions of why am I doing this? Why is this, you know, am I on the right track? Having these kind of evaluation questions regularly are some of the three highlights that I took away. Is there anything you'd want to add to that? Okay, that's a lot. We went over a lot. I, I think, you know, being open to, hey, this is actually not what I want, or this actually isn't working that well. And being able to like, like feel that and then just go, well, let me try something else. You know, so just, so just be open, you know, just be open to change and, and be open to um, trusting out new things too. You know, you don't want to be the person that's doing the same routine. that's not seeing any results. You're going to get bored, you know, be able to mix it up. 
right? And, uh, and be open. So yeah, switch things up, be open to testing out new things. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work, move on. Well said, brother. So one thing I want to wrap up here with last question before we wrap things up on today's show. So uh, scenario here, you're leaving a coffee shop and you run into your younger self, 10 years younger, younger Dave Keys, 10 years ago, and he asked for some life advice. Now you're on your way to a super important meeting next session, something you can't miss. So you have 60 seconds to talk with him. He's asking for some life advice. What do you tell him? Yeah. Well, just for starters, I, I'm so 35 right now. Uh, married with one little kid. And that was, so I'd, I'd be 25 years old, right? And um, when I was 25, I was figuring things out. I was, I think I was working part-time. I was pursuing med school, right? Like, like they were living at home. So, so I was definitely uh, seeking, ambitious, but uh, at the same time, very hopeful. What I would say is I would definitely say, hey, whatever you believe in your heart, just continue to pursue it, right? So just don't stop because along the way, there's going to be a lot of doubt. There's going to be some negativity. There's going to be quote unquote opportunities. Like, dude, Dave, you love helping fitness and you love helping people. Just continue to pursue that and go full in. Amen. No, I love it. That's so great, Dave. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, last thing, where can people find you? Best contact info. And I can include this in the, the show notes here as well. But uh, where's the best place to reach you at? Yeah, sure. Uh, just shoot me an email, dave at iconfit.com, or you can go onto social media. I'm on Facebook and Instagram, Dave Hanskies, and on Instagram, iconfitness. I think I don't even know my own handle. <laughs> so I'm going to have to change that. But yeah, yeah, you, you can find me. So there you go. Thanks so much for coming on, Dave. I know this was super helpful for me, and I know the listeners got a lot out of it. So really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, this is awesome. So thank you. All right, Dave, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you guys later. Guys, thanks so much for listening to today's episode of the Sharpening Strength Podcast. I hope you found today's show valuable and that you have some actionable strategies you can apply to your life today. If this is your first time listening, thanks for being here. If you enjoyed the podcast and found it helpful, please make sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a five-star review. These subscriptions and reviews help other like-minded men discover the podcast and take the next step in leveling up their life. If you're a regular listener, I can't thank you enough for investing in yourself in this show. Please make sure to share this with a friend or to post on social media and tag me with your favorite part from today's show. If you haven't already, make sure to join the Strong Living for Men Facebook group to be part of a community of like-minded men looking to level up their lives. Keep sharpening your strength in all areas of your life. Thanks for listening and see you guys next week.